What about uh, crucifixes? Crucifixes. Yeah, can you look at them? Actually, I'm quite fond of looking at crucifixes. How about the old stake through the heart thing? Nonsense. Coffins. How about coffins? Coffins. Coffins, unfortunately, are a necessity. Look what you made me view. Look what you made me view. Look what you just made me view. Look what you just made me view. Look what you made me view. Look what you made me view. Look what you just made me view. Look what you just made me view. Woo 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 woo! Welcome back, everybody, to Look What You Made Me View. This is the podcast where we wouldn't miss a chance to see Pitt and Banderas kiss. <laughs> no, we would not. I'm Ryan. I'm Kaylee. What if there is no hell or they don't want us there? Ever think of that? That's a quote from this week's movie, Interview with the Vampire, and we're doing something different. This is not my movie to bring to Kaylee or Kaylee's movie to bring to me. I have seen this film, but... We're doing something called Fresh Off the Book. Yeah. A new little thing for movies where we haven't seen the movie, but we've read the book, or we just read the book and we need to see the movie. You know, it doesn't matter if either of us have seen it already, but we're tying reading and movies together. That's kind of the idea here. So, flagship episode, is that how you use that term? Sure, it's numero uno. Numero uno, interview with the vampuno. Um, I hope that doesn't mean something dirty. It sounds dirty. It does. It sounds gross. Anyway, Interview with the Vampire is a special movie to me in some ways. It, uh, like I said, was not on my list. Um, let's go ahead and give a summary real quick. Summary real quick? A summary. Can we read the Silmarillion real quick? Yeah, deal. It's Let's not a quick more read. Book, we can do way more book references in this. <laughs> All right, uh, good. These episodes. All right. Interview with Vampire. The undead are among us and livelier than ever when Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, and a talented <laughs> group of young blood star in Interview with a Vampire, the spellbinding screen adaptation of Anne Rice's bestseller, that's one of the best films of the year, says Karen James from the New York Teammates. Award-winning box office favorite Cruz <laughs> stylishly plays the supremely evil and charismatic vampire Lestat. Pitt is Louis, lured by Lestat into the immortality of the damned, then tormented by an intolerable fact, an, an unalterable fact of vampire life. To survive, he must kill. <laughs> Stephen Ray, Antonio Banderas, Christian Slater, a new and newcomer, Kristen Dunst also star. One Lifetime Alone offers plenty of opportunities for the savage revelries of the night. Imagine what an eternity can bring. Hypnotically directed by Neil Jordan, Interview with the Vampire offers enough thrills, shocks, and fiendish fun to last a lifetime and beyond. Oh, boy. That's a weird-ass summary. They refer to their actor team as Young Bloods. Young and Blood. I, I find that fascinating. You need to buck up, Young Blood. This is Be like a man. The whitest Trying to hug book, your grandfather. The whitest movie, the whitest set of actors, except for Antonio Banderas. Banderas. Yeah. I remember hearing so much about his performance in this when this came out. Positive um, or all, negative? All the ladies were talking about Antonio Banderas really? after this one. Oh, yeah. Real. Oh, yeah. my God. I cannot wait to talk. First. <laughs> Let me just give the background since we're talking about, you know, how I know about right. this movie. Yes. Um, I had seen it. I, I, I do know it intimately. I'd read the books when I was 14, 15-ish, maybe even sooner. But um, I lived with my great aunt and uncle and their 
daughter, who is my second cousin, I, I guess is how you put that, um, used to pick me up. Like I, I lived at different family members' houses and stuff. It's like a long story, but she would come pick me up and like take me out to college dorms and like you know she'd hang out with uh you know with me and she'd have just fun. Like we just watch movies, eat pizza, drink soda, and. Eventually, I ended up living with them for a little while. And she was out of college at that time, I think. But anyway, we would talk about books. So she, she introduced me to Anne Rice in Interview with the Vampire. So we talked intimate, or intimately, deeply about the film, but also the books eventually. So I did it kind of backwards. I saw this and then mm. read the books. But yeah, I just remember that fondly. Um, and I even remember her parents who are much older. You know, they're like my grandfather's, um, uh, my Aunt Bonnie, who rest in peace, just passed, which is why this is also strange timing for this. You know, she was very much into books. So, you know, we could talk about it openly. And even if she hadn't read it, she'd be interested. Just this like group discussion about these kind of things. I don't know. You know, now that I'm talking about it, it reminds me of what we're doing now. Yeah, you just kind of <laughs> described AP English. And I feel like that's why I like doing this podcast so much. It gives me the opportunity to talk about books or, or movies and like really get into like the meaning of things. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah it's find fun. depth and substance in these things. So yeah, that's my experience with it. Uh, I remember Tiff reading all the books, and yeah, you know. So if I hadn't read them, I knew what happened in them. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Fast forward. Yeah, like a long. That's a long time ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm probably 17, 18 by the time I'm removed from all that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I just decided to read the book. On your recommendation, you were surprised I hadn't read it already. We had the book in our office and I decided I was going to read it. And I literally just finished the book today and I begged, not quite on my knees, but I I very nearly begged. We were going to do it, but you insinuated like, this needs to happen. Right we need now. to do it now because I needed to see this movie. Like I before finished, you go mm, further. Sure. You want to summarize it? Oh, okay, okay. Uh, trauma. Just before you really get into it. trauma, trauma that's it. the Tra- vampire drama. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's just a story about generational trauma being passed on to other people, mm. not healing from that trauma, disassociating from it completely, and then enacting it on other people. That's, hurt people hurt people. Vampires yeah. are definitely hurt. Yeah, that's kind of the moral I got from it. Um, more so in the book than the movie, but yeah, we'll talk about that. Let's walk and talk about that. You were on to something before I interrupted you so rudely. That's okay. I was going to say I knew nothing about the book. I knew nothing about the movie. The movie came out the year that I was born, so... I knew nothing about any of this. That's one of the other fun parts about this is we have a lot of movies that we watch for various reasons, um, but on this show, and they come out in 1994, the year you were Bizorn. Yeah. I, not irony, co- coincidence, or I think it's strictly spooky coinc- uh, alignment. I think it's strictly coincidence. So I'm reading this book today to finish it up at the office where I work, and your mother also works there. I'm just going to call her Kay. Your mother works there. Kay sees that I'm reading this book, 
And she's like, oh, that's that's an interesting book. And she's asking me about it. And I'm like, okay, but don't spoil anything because I don't know anything about the movie and I don't know how the book ends. And what does she do? She's like, oh, I don't know anything about the movie. I just know that Brad Pitt's in it. And I'm like, no, it was spoiled for me. And I was- For months now, basically. I have been trying to avoid saying a word about this. Yes. And- my mom is notorious for spoiling shit. She is terrible about it. She spoiled The Sixth Sense for me, um, <laughs> oh, I didn't know which that. is a big one. I mean, that's like one of the big early twist movies, right? That and Fight Club, the other Brad Pitt film. I think I saw that before she did. Yeah, I maybe mm. that's why. Maybe I got into movies really hard at some point because I needed to see them first. <laughs> Like Maybe that's theory. what's going on here. My love for film is driven by my mom spoiling shit. So I need to see stuff before she does. I like that. I feel like this is Marvel culture as well. It's just extended into Marvel culture. Yet another trauma enacted on me by my mother. <laughs> <laughs> film trauma. This another anxiety and stress, you know, related um uh behavior related to this relationship. Uh but yeah. Uh Anyway, <laughs> it was like the one thing that I feel like you were really excited about me not knowing because the whole entire well, you time you didn't want to know. I didn't want to know anything about it because when and because I, you didn't want to know, I knew who was in it, mm-hmm. and I thought it was funny as hell that you were gonna go in cold on this. Surprised? Like yeah. I just I was shocked you didn't know. So I'm like, there's no way. Two of the biggest film stars in the world are in this movie, and she has no idea. I don't particularly care for the acting style of most of the characters I get it. I get in, it. in this movie. But no, this is why I read the book first. I like to picture my own people. I like to make my own cast list, right? So when I'm reading the book, I pictured Ben Wishaw. Who the hell is that? I have a picture because I know you don't know who this oh, yeah, actor yeah, yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, I got that guy. Um, so he plays- Where is he from? Uh, he's in British stuff. He is. He is. <laughs> he plays Frobisher in Cloud Atlas, who's kind of like a- Girl, something a little bit more commonly known, I think. Cloud uh, no, Atlas is- Cloud Atlas is not that of big of a dig. That. I mean, it's got- um, He's in Paddington Bear. Mm. There you go. All of the Paddington Bears. He's also in Mary Poppins. So he's in a lot of like British East stuff. You've seen him probably. Yes, but I picture him with a French accent as he has in the book. Okay. I picture him as like not foppish, but very well put together, well kept, clean, dark black hair. Um, Yeah, and kind of like a well kept artsy type. That's what I have in my mind, which is not Brad Pitt. And I'm a little pissed off. That like, okay, okay. So the titles start to come up on the screen. One, we're in San Francisco. Why the fuck are we here? I told you because of the journalist. Yeah, but that's, oh, it just, it bothered me. I wanted everything. It doesn't matter where he's talking to the journalist. No, but it's cool that he is doing it in um, New Orleans. Where Lestat is, because that's more convenient. Yeah, he doesn't necessarily need. I like the way they did it in the movie. I thought it was fun. It was very grease lightning to me. I realize we're jumping ahead of lot, but it was like grease lightning when they ride away in the car and it's like the music's playing in the background. It was really campy and tacky, and I was upset. Like we have this dark 
very serious film. And then the end is just like Tom Cruise getting that life back, learning how to drive a car, gold, going across the Golden State Bridge. Like it upset me on such a deep, profound level. I am not happy with most of the choices made in this movie. One, Tom Cruise, his name pops up on the screen and I nearly died. I was so mad. I don't love okay. Tom Cruise. I think, okay, hold on, just pause. I think we're finding an issue with doing this type of episode. Yeah. Especially when you've literally just finished the book. It's so fresh in because, my mind. Because, you know, it's the classic, the book's better than the movie, right? No, so no, no, no. There were You're clear... just going to, and not just you, I think me too, mm-hmm. hashtag, if I were in the position of being the reader and watching the movie for the first time, I think I would be livid as well. So just let's prepare ourselves for some vitriol. Okay. <laughs> and at the very least, disdain? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, a little bit. I don't Oh, love... sorry. At the very least, frustration. Yes. Or the band Stain. Been a while. I am just not a big Tom Cruise fan. And I was upset that he was playing Lestat. And then I like I see Brad Pitt, his name pops up. No, that one's coming. And I see Tom Cruise, his name pops up. And then I'm like, oh, well, maybe I was wrong when this was spoiled to me. Maybe Brad Pitt is playing Lestat. And I love this idea. Like, I like the idea of him playing somebody like very dark and manipulative. Yeah, I don't I don't think he'd I be just a good view at all. Tom Cruise as like top gun, like very virtuous. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's bizarre watching him try to play. I know this is tough. I am pretty much anti-Tom Cruise. It's a very difficult thing for me. And it comes down to that like thing where people say, separate the artist from the art, right? I don't know how to do this fully. Because when I see somebody execute at art well, I can't ignore that. Yeah. I am so drawn to Tom Cruise in so many films. I think he nails it in so many movies. But I think he's a complete asshole in real life. <laughs> it's hard to to it's separate. It's difficult. Yeah. Um I respect his drive. I think he's a madman though. I think part of his drive in the stunt stuff is part of like his madness. I think he's just a weird person. But that doesn't make him a bad actor. He's in one of my favorite movies, a Kubrick film. Um, he is in just a lot of good movies. Mm. And I think he's wonderful in this, mostly because he is an unlikable person. Interesting. Who is successful. What is Lestat other than that? Mm. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of, I don't know, my favorite role he plays is the guy in Tropic Thunder, where he's just like executive asshole. Because yeah, I feel like that's more... That's one of my least favorite Tom Cruise moments. That's more true to like the Tom Cruise that I have in my mind, mm. right? Like I'm never going to meet Tom Cruise. That's good. So I have like a working notion of what he's like in my mind, right? I so, think I think I can break you. I, I think I can make you snap on Tom Cruise movies. I think okay. I can get you there. This I <sighs> this one wouldn't do it. I I wouldn't pick this one to do that. Honestly, though, I'm gonna eat my words here a little bit. Uh-huh. I thought he did okay. 
It was very frustrating in the beginning because I had to get used to the concept of it. But Mm -hmm. I think he actually did a great job of playing someone awful. I do sympathize because you had one of the actors in mind. Yes. And you had already put him there. No, honestly, when... Your mom spoiled Brad Pitt for me. I, of course, picture Brad Pitt being Louie, right? And then, oh. and I didn't like the idea of that. And then I see Tom Cruise's name pop up there and I'm like, oh my God, maybe Brad Pitt is Lestat. And I love that. I think that would be really fun. Gotcha. Getting into the actual movie. Now that I've like washed my hands of the Tom Cruise-ness of mm-hmm. it all, mm-hmm. um, we see Brad Pitt. He like turns to face Christian Slater, whom I love in this movie. Uh, Yeah, I think he is perfect for the role. I think he nails it. But we see Brad Pitt, and he is not sexy in this- He's a baby. In this scene. The way that they do the teeth makes him look like Marlon Brando as the godfather. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's got a big old jaw in this. And I just expected- I don't know. I, I I grew up in the era of Twilight. I expected someone more moody, sexual than like whatever Brad Pitt is doing here. I don't know. It all just seemed so off to me. It really took me some time to like get into the notion of this. Okay. And it's not really until we see the transformation of Claudia. 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 Um, I'm shocked. It's uh, Kristen. Kristen Dunst. Kirsten Durst. It's like her first film. Franston Durst. Oh my God. She's like a little baby. I can't remember if she won an award or something for this. She might have been nominated at least. I would hope so because this poor girl experienced some bizarre trauma. Yeah, I was looking at some of this. I mean, I was saying this to you while we were watching it. Being young and watching this, I didn't realize how erotic a lot of it was and how like kind of homoerotic a lot of it is. Now it's jumping right out of the screen. Yeah. I mean, the book is very, very gay. But then some of the stuff with her, like, it didn't occur to me. I guess, you know, when it's the magic thing. When you know how magic tricks work, it's not as fascinating. I didn't know how the magic trick worked as well when it came to film when I first saw this. Okay. I wasn't as studied in film. So I was... Fooled, I would the the magic worked, hmm. so I didn't think about this little girl doing these scenes and what that took for her to do those. Scenes. Oh, okay. now okay, I think about that, and that's what I love about our show. Watching this stuff, you know, you haven't seen it in decades, and now you're coming back to it, and it's like, whoa, I didn't, I didn't think about it like that. Well, the second I learned that they made this into a movie, I was confused and concerned because Claudia is five in the book. Where she, you think she's about 10. Yeah. I, I'm saying at least eight. At least this. eight, but yeah. probably more like 10 or 11. Right. Um, they age her up a lot and they have to. There's something so much more unsettling about the fact that Louis is carrying around a fully fledged human being, a grown woman in the body of a five year old girl. What is that like? There's something. My brain wants to relate that to Umbrella Academy. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. But there, I think there's something else too. 
Dexter's lab, probably. Sure. <laughs> it's a full-grown man in a tiny little boy body. I mean, I'm 42, and <laughs> I watch Dexter's lab all the time. <laughs> it's very Still. true. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's creepier in the books, is what I'm going to say. It's creepier that Louis starts to fall in love with her. It's creepy that they have to pretend to be like father and daughter, even though they are in love. And it's very creepy that like she can't do anything for herself. You know, she can't even reach countertops. (laughs) And not to get too far into it, but we have a Mm five-year-old. And it gave me a frame of reference for like height. Right. Because- If you don't have a kid and if you're not around kids, you forget how short a five-year-old is or how difficult life is for a (laughs) five-year-old. It's true. I mean, they can't reach the counter. Yeah. just I mean, kind of, but not enough. Yeah. It's a struggle. You're you're just barely too short at five. This is why um, Madeline, the lady at the end that... Um, Claudia begs Louis to Why turn. Why does that? I, see, I didn't. Care, I don't think the movie does a good job at conveying their relationship well and why she's so attached to her. They end up living together for like a month after he turns her. Okay. So Claudia is in Paris. She's just taking care of her. Kind of. Claudia is in Paris and she sees this doll maker and this doll maker is making the exact same doll face over and over and over again and putting it on different dolls and giving it different clothings, but clothings, but it's always the same face. Come to find out it's Madeline's daughter who died and all she wants is another baby. baby. And Claudia is this eternal child. So their relationship is really beautiful in the books when she comes to live with Claudia and um, Louis. She starts making furniture that actually fits Claudia Um, and evening dresses that are like womanly hmm. and sexy, but for her and her size. See, that's what I'm saying is like, we get the sense of that. We have her feeling herself in a more mature Look and setting, right? Yes. So we we get the sense of it. We just don't get the information that leads up to it. Like, how did she start behaving this way? She just kind of does it all of a sudden in the movie. And it's kind of like that in the book. It's sudden and it's a weird twist. I didn't fully understand what was going on there until like Louis turns her and then ba bam. <laughs> um, in the book, it's Armand that does it though. Uh, they don't get into this enough. I think Armand is a terrible human being as well. <laughs> like, barring the fact that he's played by Antonio Banderas, who is so adorable, um, the OG Pedro Pascal, mm. he is terrible. He's a horrible, horrible person. Um, he uses mind control to get Louis to turn this woman, Madeline, into a vampire so that Madeline and Claudia can go have their time and then he can take Louis. Yeah, he has the dark art of not reading minds, but like controlling people. Yes. That's freaky as hell. Yeah, they start talking about whatever the dark art is way sooner. Isn't that funny, though, from a writing standpoint, how... The floodgates are open. You've already made them vampires. So guess what? 
we can have them have different abilities now. Well, we can make them magical in some way because they're already fucking vampires, which don't exist. So you get to tweak this world. It's not really based on anything, is it? It is. What? It is. Explain. The book, mm, mm, hmm. the movie less so, but the book is definitely focused on like Bram Stoker's Dracula. Like oh. it's it's based in the original stuff. The the whole dark art thing that's present in the I'll call it original text. But the variation in in like how people receive it. That's what I'm saying. Is the idea of vampires opens up the floodgates for well, they can also do other special shit. Yeah. Like turn into bats in some cases, right? Sure. Yeah. Be glittery in some cases. Whoa. So it that's it's this convenience of monster stuff. You can do pretty much anything. So we're already breaking the rules of reality, so we can we can stretch it. Right. Further. Yeah. Right. I was waiting for a situation where they just put Claudia in a box for a while and then poof out comes a full grown woman because I was expecting some weird like uh, uh, book magic Mm. to complete the story in like a really nice perfect way and then that doesn't happen a dead body is not going to generate new anything no so no I mean they did it in Twilight I thought they were going to do it here and then nah did not happen there is no happy ending for literally anybody I guess not. No. No, that's not true. I don't Lestatis. know. Lestatis. <laughs> yeah, he gets a new guy. This whole thing is about Lestat. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, he's the man. Yeah. I, he's not. I hate Lestat. I hate him so much. <laughs> that's easy to do, but he's fucking awesome. Just wait till you get to his book. Lestat is like the original, I'm going to let you choose, but mm-hmm. really he's choosing for you. Wait till you get to his book. It's fucked, dude. It's gonna, so fucked. If you don't love him by the end of the vampire Lestat, um, what do I do? What do I do then? I don't know what I do then. I don't know. We just have different opinions. What? <gasps> what? Those stakes are not high enough. <laughs> Those stakes? Ooh. Oh. All right. I want to talk about Lestat, like, while we're here. I hate him so much. He comes in on Brad Pitt feasting on a little girl, and he's like, ha you hypocrite. He's really upset about it. He did last it. a long time before he eventually, and then, of all things. A little, little girl, girl. But she did lose her mom in a really depressing, he's trying sad to, way. Yeah, he's trying to kill her. Yeah, and, he's trying to put yeah. her out of her Missouri. Exactly, yeah. exactly, because she's... Gonna get the plague anyway. She's gonna die a True. horrible death. She's been death. laying on her mom like that. Yeah. With the plague. Oh her my mom God. is gross. So gross. But Lestat is like uh calling Louis a hippie a hypocrite. This is so bothersome. There's so much French mixed in with like English words here, and it's <laughs> causing problems. So Lestat is mad at Louis calling him a hypocrite because Louis is doing what Lestat made him to do. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of like multi-level manipulation, MLM, that's going on here. Super toxic relationship. Yes, very. Yeah. Very sexy, weird, toxic relationship. <laughs> that's because Tom Cruise is involved. So perfect casting. He ends up turning Claudia to like keep Louis involved. He pulls a I'm pregnant, basically. But he's also playing on that, like, well, you were so bummed out about it. 
And I he's also, to save her, so you know, she didn't actually die. He's also saying, "Look, a child can do what I do, so why can't you do what I do?" He's saying, "Like a child can go and eat people, but well, you." He's cannot. saying that before he turns her. No, 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 no. After, like f- that's that's kind of like one of the most fucked up things about this movie is when he turns her and she is just immediately on it. Yeah, she is so obsessed, and 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 it, it struck me like one of my notes says, "Seeing this after having a kid <laughs> is bonkers." They want more because we know kids that it, like if she's supposed to be five, especially in the book. Yeah, never stop asking for food. <laughs> It's true. Relentless. We'll eat like entire box of mac and cheese if you let them and then ask for more food. You think you gave them the most food they've ever eaten in their life. And for whatever reason, they were that hungry that day. Just when you you think you are done feeding them, they're asking for more food. So it, it is a nightmare to think of a young child vampire. Yeah. Absolutely. Like that's part of the terror of Also it. easy to be trusted. So it's like they can do the damage. Are they smart enough to do it and not get caught is the only problem. Yeah. And that's where Lestat comes in and teaches her. Yes. So then we have this like very Greco Roman. Lestatido karate's her. Yeah, there you go. We have this very like apprentice and apprentice <laughs> uh, relationship. The apprentice. Yeah, the apprentice. The apprentice. Yeah. Uh it's gross. It's really, really gross. And I'm not on board. And it's weirder in the book. But I get what it's trying to I thought to it was cute. I just had say. a daddy-daughter day myself. Oh, yeah. What did you do it. today? Uh, we went to see Ninja Turtles. What? Yeah, that's right. And then we went to Target. <laughs> <laughs> and you picked her out dresses? She picked out dresses that mom didn't like. Guys. Oh, they are so hideous. They're really bad. One like, of them is pretty. Well, you know, I think it's different, different strokes. Dude, normally Target is like bringing it with the kids' dresses, but these two are not it. I was a bit weirded out myself. or not, I shouldn't say weirded out. I was just, you know, confused. I don't know, man. Kids are going to go for what kids go for. And she tried the dresses on and I was like totally on board. They're cute when she's wearing them. But when they're on the rack, like I never would have picked those out. They are hideous I did dresses. hold them up to her and was like, yeah, yeah you could probably rock this. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I, it's kind of like Claudia Lestat is buying her all these dresses. Yeah. And then she keeps killing all the tailors and he has to say, not in the house. You could have called this movie Vampire Dads. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's really, really good. Um, I shudder to think what this film and book do for the queer community. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that it, it doesn't celebrate anything <laughs> as far as sexuality goes. It does imply and is just based in kind of homosexuality. I, I, I don't see anything that doesn't say that. I mean, these, these guys have a man, man-to-man relationship. Yeah. This is homoerotic and also a homosexual relationship. I, I Actually, can you call it homosexual? <laughs> or is it just a partnership? Oh, uh, yeah. They're just raising a, a child together. They, they don't actually get physical, from what we can tell. No, but like vampires in this context don't get physical like that. Hmm. Yeah. 
Like Wait. none of these people is boning. No, they're not boning. They are not. They boning. make out. We know they make out. Apparently, but they don't make out with each other. I guess is what I'm saying. No, okay. no, they do not. There you go. They ain't bone. Well, they didn't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so complicated. Not that that makes or breaks a relationship. So all of this is for not. I love the moment where Claudia has murdered Lestat and she's like trying to figure out like, what do we do with the body? And then all of a sudden, the first time. And then all of a sudden she turns to the camera and says, the swamp. I know. It's such a terrible idea too. Don't don't put them in the swamp. That's how they do it in the book. She's- I'm sure. She's not- Sure, how these things work, but it's Louis there too. He could say no. Let's burn him. Yeah, that would have been way smart. Well, they didn't know that they needed to. Yeah, at that time, because Louis is clueless. he's still green. He's, he's yeah. new to it. Yeah. After this, they're supposed to like uh, they go to Eastern Europe in the book. And they run into like actual monster vampires, like mindless killers. They kind of do that, but it's not in in any extreme way. Like that was something I was really excited to see because the book takes on this like very classic Hollywood kind of feel during that part. It's weird. I I don't know how to. You mean like a more a larger scale? Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 But it's also. Very like dark mystery noir during that mm-hmm. section. And I had a lot of fun reading it. Yeah. And we don't get any of that in the movie. We just kind of like, uh, we do. The- oh, I thought they did an okay job of that in the movie. I'm sorry. I thought you were still, tw- I thought you were saying that the movie does that. No, 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 no. The movie it- completely skips that bit. I think the problem is they're on more sets for the Paris scenes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we get to Paris. But I felt like it opened up culturally and uh visually. I yeah. mean, it's more colorful there. Yeah, we're brighter. not on we're not on these genuinely terrible sets like we are in New Orleans. Like the cemetery. Sometimes those can be bad, yeah. But in, in many cases there's, you know, um some outdoor stuff. It's kind of nice. Yeah, but even the outdoor stuff, like the swamp is so fake looking. It really bothered yes. me. Yeah, that swamp. Again, like, just change it for the movie. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he can come back to life from some other place. You know, if he's just going to come back to life anyway, where does it, why does it matter where you put him? It doesn't. I guess it really the doesn't. The only thing that matters is could he survive it? They don't know. They, re- they really tried to make you believe that you, he couldn't survive the swamp, though. It, they they floated his ass right up next to a damn alligator. Yeah, they thought the alligator was going to eat him, and it was and a then sure he'd thing. Be done. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, watch! We're going to push him up, and and sure, sure enough, alligator was right there. And we see that that's a, the last scene we see of him like sinking in a bag next to an alligator. Yeah. Come to find out, he bit the damn alligator. Yeah, and he survived. Yeah. Survives just long enough to bite an alligator and then several snakes. Apparently. Yeah. But then <laughs> we end up in Paris, and that's Petty. where the real shit goes down. We spend a lot of time there, apparently. Yeah, it's right? like the second half of the book. It doesn't feel like that in the movie. Because um, I swear the first half of the movie is not in Paris. And then we get to Paris, and then we're there for maybe 40 minutes. It goes pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. 
for 40 minutes. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Minutes. So Antonio Banderas shows up on screen and he has the most ridiculous extensions. Like, like it is madness. Maybe to it's me. Maybelline. <laughs> Maybe it's not. <laughs> he just looks so bad. And I mean, he is naturally very tan and gorgeous. And they have to make him pale in this, and they give him these like really terrible fingernails that they're fingernails, fingernails <laughs> that they're just giving all the vampires these like really gross, glossy press-ons. So I don't love it. This is the same man that is Puss in Boots. Yes. Yeah. 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 He's it's also wonderful. in that. What is the name of that really freaky movie? Where he plays a plastic surgeon. I was just and, listening to the Stern replay where ooh, uh, Robin's telling him about that. What is the name of the movie? Fuck. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like I've pushed it something out of my mind. Something about skin. Because it's very bizarre. Yeah, hold on. I'm and very disturbing. Grab something anyway. It's something about skin. It's called The Skin I Live In. Sorry, I had a fly on my keyboard and I didn't want to like actually press the key because I didn't know if that would like trigger some sort of MIDI event. <laughs> All of a sudden, like my headphones explode. Oh well, no, it could have been it could have been fucking anything. Like <laughs> our entire vocal track could have just started. Who knows? Just like uh Gene Belcher fart noises coming from your keyboard. Gene Belcher fart noises ca- f- noises kind of sounds like a prog rock band. <laughs> yeah, it does. What was the band name we came up with the other day? Nobody steal this. It was a really cute couple's band name. It was from... It was Schmeshmars. Oh. Yes. It, it just was Schmeshmars, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Futurama, yeah. Best band name. Like, that would be so cute. I don't even know where I am now. Antonio Banderas shows up, yes. and he has ridiculous hair. He looks insane. This Antonio is- Ridiculous Banderas? Yes. Yes, and this is not at all who I pictured. As Armand. Okay, now, so I would like to know what you're picturing. When I picture Armand, yeah, I don't know that I necessarily had like an actor in mind. I'm mm. picturing That's someone okay. with like long dark hair. Sure. As Which, in the book. Box checked. But definitely, I don't know. I pictured him as French. Sure. I, I would say one of the more problematic things about the movie compared to the book would be accents, probably. Yeah. Not that you hear accents in books. I, you kind of hear it in the way that Louis talks. I try to buy those books where they like squiggly and like change the font every time a different character is speaking. You know those books that they accent the actual words? So like a prayer for own meanie? You don't even get that joke. Never mind. I don't, that's, but that's, I'm sure it's a good joke. That's for the book nerds. I'm making a bad one. Thank you for making a good one. <laughs> Anytime, man. Uh, so I'm upset that it's Antonio Banderas, but I think he did an okay job. I like him in literally whatever he does. His delivery of some of the lines is so funny to me, though. That's the greatest thing about him. <laughs> yeah. See, I come from an era where we appreciated actors for the weird ways they delivered things. Christopher Walken is literally my favorite actor. I mean, how many Timothy Chalamet movies have you seen? He's great. <laughs> he's, I like him. His delivery is occasionally like it's bizarre. really bizarre. Yeah, I, you know, sometimes. Um, who else does a good job at that? Uh, actually, Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes Brad yeah. Pitt. 
Sometimes. Like uh, Burn After Reading. There's some really weird delivery I've in some of those seen lines. It. Yes, you have. No, I haven't. We watched it together. Did we watch it while I was pregnant? Probably. No, I have not. Yeah. <laughs> there are. I would love to spoil that, but guess what? While I am my mother's son, mm-hmm. I have learned from her mistakes. Ah, oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, Nick Cage is the obvious choice. Like Nick Cage he, for for poor delivery home? for poor delivery. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Who wants to like stretch it out and do whatever they want with it type yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be real. I pictured him as Santiago, the really weird vampire who laughs all the time, and he like when he meets yeah. Louis, he's mimicking him. Um, that's who I pictured in that role. That would be played by Michael Shannon. Michael, what's that guy's name? It's not. Not Michael Shannon. But it now, if this was made now, it would be played by the guy from Good Omens. Who's the guy that plays opposite? Michael Sheen? Sheen. Yeah. It would be played by him Yeah. if and it was made now. Dad, it's Stephen Ray, who I am not I, familiar with. But he's not supposed to be likable. I mean, there's so many characters in this that are supposed to be assholes. Yeah. And I kind of picture Nick Cage as playing a really great asshole. So- I, I could see it for sure, yeah, but Nick yeah, Cannon yeah. would be better, frankly. Nick Cannon? Really? <laughs> really? A young Nick Cannon. <laughs> okay. Deal. Um, <laughs> I don't know where- Any other major things about the book that are different? Any significant differences? Oh, there are tons. Tons. For example, um, when- Armand is giving the first tour through the theater of vampires. He's saying to Claudia through like telepathy or whatever, die. And he keeps saying this in the book. Wow. Because he realizes like Claudia, he can read minds. He knows Claudia killed Lestat. He does care about it in the book because that's a big no-no. Right. Yeah. And he knows what the rules are. Uh, and he's not going to get in the way of all of these other vampires, like, correcting that shit. Yeah, that's his crew. Right. But in the book, uh, or I'm sorry, in the movie, Armand is saying, let him go because he wants to get with Louis. But he also set him up. Yeah. Sure. It's a contradiction. I don't know why she did that. It's very Because Anne weird. Rice also wrote the screenplay. I don't know if we mentioned that. Yes. But she wrote the screenplay as well. And any changes, you know, it's on her. She could she could have kept it exactly the same. Yeah. Could yeah. have, but I, so often that's not how that goes. So often. Yeah. And then the end, uh, okay, Babette is in the book, but she's not at all in the movie. Louis's brother dies, not his wife and child, it's his brother. So it's tying in this whole like male relationship ah. metaphor. Okay. And Hmm. And the ending, what? the ending is very different. How so? Okay. <laughs> so Lestat has a young protege. Which stands for, I don't know if, if anybody realizes, it stands for the statistic in French. Lestat. That's what that means. Lestat, yeah. <laughs> That's what it, his name means. Yeah. yeah, the numbers. He's like the situation, but the French version. Lestat. The stat, the statistic. <laughs> Does that mean the situation is la situation? <laughs> <laughs> Correct Oh my God. Different language, excuse me. Beautiful. Sorry um, to code switch. 
Lestat has this young protege that's like bringing him rats and stuff at the end of the book. And we don't see that in the movie, right? No, 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 no. Louis and Armand end up traveling the world together at the end of the book. For real, for real? Yes. Yeah. And sucking each other's blood. Yes. (laughs) Nothing else. (laughs) Because they don't do that. Uh, they're traveling they're the world. 69ing each other. They go to Egypt. They go to like all of these places. And then Armand is finally like, dude, let's go back to New Orleans. That's what he says. In a French accent, mind dude. you. Dude. Her, in her head while she's reading this. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to New Orleans. He really wants to see where Louis came from. But, or not, yes, Louis. God damn it. Louis and Lestat, like they're so close together. It's a false motive, though, because Armand is seeing that Louis is losing his humanity, and he wants to see, like, he knows- Losing his- Losing. Yeah. He knows Lestat is alive. He knows that Lestat is in New Orleans, so he's taking Louis to New Orleans to see if it bothers him at all to bring back this sense of humanity and rage and, like- Interesting. Yeah, the thing that he fell in love with Louis Mm -hmm. for- Right? So Louis goes, sees Lestat, does not rejoin him, is not upset at him at all, is very apathetic. And Armand is like, oh, but I was the one who actually killed Claudia. Is Armand there? Yeah, he's there with him in New Orleans. When, when he all of meets this. Yes, but not in the same room. No, 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 no. Louis goes out by himself and finds Lestat. That's what I mean. He's not Louis like, tells Armand like months later, like it didn't even matter, right? Gotcha. And Armand is so shooken by this. Shooken. Shooken. Because he was really hoping that this would bring back the spark that he fell in love with. And it doesn't. So he leaves him. And that's kind of the end of the book. That's pretty much the end of the movie. Without Armand. Right. Minus the Armand involvement. Which I yeah. understand. I feel like... Once they left that location, they didn't. Uh, oh, well, so you're saying they had to like travel the world and all this. That's expensive. It is. Let's just cut that out. Is it yeah. important to the story? It's not. I would have liked a situation where I mean, they're taking like postcard pictures. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's important to the story of Louis and Armand. Yeah. But not to Lestat, which is the Vampire Chronicles are about Lestat. Yes. Like, it's about the world eventually, but it's really about Lestat for the bulk of it. God damn it! I don't like Lestat. So. You're gonna love him by the Ooh, end of two, or by sex. the end of the next book. I I promise you. So and the, then you'll probably hate him again in Queen of the Damned. Sure. So the reporter begs to be a vampire. Weird move. Louis refuses. He's like, "You've learned nothing from what I've said." He wakes up having been like drunk to the point of death. He wakes up the next morning, and he immediately goes to look for Lestat. Yeah. And that's that's pretty much it. I think it's it's been enough time. I don't know that we've introduced the question socially in a long time. Do you really want to be a vampire? So I want the audience. Mm-hmm. I, we, maybe we put a poll on Spotify or something. Would you be a vampire? Ooh. If a sexy vampire came up to you <laughs> and proposed vampirism to you, Mm-hmm. To say the age you are right now, mm-hmm. would you take that deal? No, because I wouldn't get to grow old. Like, I would never know what that was like. 
And then two, I'm vegan, and that sounds so gross. Hmm. I don't, I don't want to live that life. I wonder if they could make Impossible Blood. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> we were watching. So I would yeah. do it if they could make Impossible Blood. Really? If they could make Impossible Blood, you sure. want to stay forty-two for live. forever? I don't have a choice to get younger, so <laughs> I'm stuck with that choice. Okay. Yeah. Okay, but suppose they- And 42 is not that bad. No, it's not. But I'm going to tell you right now, you don't want to experience getting older. What is that nonsense? I mean, I do. No, you don't. I kind of do. Listen to me. I want to grow old with people. At a certain point, it's interesting, and then it's like, nah. (laughs) It's a slippery slope. It's (laughs) a slippery slope. Let's just put it that way. Okay, okay. I hear you. I disagree, but I hear you. And it, it does have a lot to do with having a young child, like, and wanting to be around- for her life, like that, you know, I think that influences that decision in a big way. But again, impossible blood. So I, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, but she would die at some point and you would still be alive. I could die. Wandering the you earth. You could suicide yourself as a vampire. Yeah, but she's going to get older than you at some point. Right. Weird. Well, again, you know, we can have that conversation. Impossible blood, Kaylee. We don't really need to think about it too hard. <laughs> we don't really because need we don't have impossible. So no, blood. I think it does depend on which type of vampire world you're living in. Are you in like Twilight? Are you in this? Oh, oh. Are you in Bella Lugosi? Like, can I, you're saying I can pick my preferred vampire world? Yeah. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, where would you be? Vampire worlds. What vampire worlds do I like? I'm going like I don't I don't love That's Twilight. A good question. Thank you. That's a good question. Thank you. I don't love Twilight, but I gotta go Twilight because they can go out during the day. I have to say that is like probably the easiest world to exist as a vampire in. Mm-hmm. So that's that's appealing for sure. But then you have to repeat Plus high I'm, school apparently for all of eternity, and that, that's kind of a deal breaker. That sucks. Yeah. Why? But the uh, w- what's her name? Um, that stars in those movies. Uh, Kristen, I was going to say Wig. I was going to say Dunst. Because <laughs> we were watching, you know, the movie we're talking Stewart. about. Stewart. Stewart. If I get to date Kristen Stewart level ladies while being that vampire too. So gay ladies. You get to date. Bi ladies apparently. Gay ladies. Bi ladies. Gay ladies. <laughs> you do date a bi lady. Like what are you talking about? Say bi to ladies. <laughs> Ryan, what are you saying? I'm just saying, Kristen. I, it's it's if if Kristen Stewart level women are part of the deal, uh-huh. then that's a good. That's not a that it, that increases you know the uh, appeal. I've become uncomfortable with the conversation. As you're, we're talking about being bi, she's attractive. That's all I'm saying. It's like it. I'm I'm playing in the world of Twilight. Mm. What else is appealing about being there? <laughs> In the world of Twilight. You can play baseball so well. I can already play baseball well enough for my taste. I could dunk probably. I was about to say, you could dunk. Wish fulfillment right there. Yes. Okay. (laughs) I think any vampire world is going to give me that. Yeah. No? Blade world is going to give me that. Uh, For sure. Um, Uh, Morbius, I'm going to do that. Bram Stoker, yeah. Sure. Yeah, you could do that. But you fly. Who else does... Vampires. Vampires. Um, Hotel Transylvania. Ooh, yes. yes. Drac. Drac can dunk. Yeah. For sure. You know what? I See, take it all fun. back. I take it all back. I mm, want to be in that world. Yeah. One, I'm a cartoon. Damn it. Two, 
you got monsters it. Yeah. everywhere. It's pretty good. Like they don't really talk about that in Venture Brothers. Wherever the Dracula medallion on Dr. Orpheus came oh my from. God. <laughs> I'll be in that vampire world. No. No, because oh shit. Because Jefferson, Jefferson Twilight, would, but yeah. I'm not a Blackula. You're not, but Jefferson Twilight would definitely still kill you. No, like he, he only hunt hunts Blackulas. What no. part of that don't you understand? <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> Why did that show end? <laughs> let's hope it doesn't. It's let's just fair. let's just have hope. Let's put it out there that it's still possible to make more of the short, you know, or like movies and things. Mm. Go team venture. Are we That's in agreement though that Hotel Transylvania Draculas are the best? Hotel Transylvania Vampires might be the most fun world and comfortable world to live in. They go on cruises for crying out loud. They do. And yeah. Better yet, they age. They have kids with humans, like you know what I mean. Like it's so yeah. interchangeable. The whole the whole thing is so acceptable, acceptable and um, interchangeable. You know yes. what I mean? Like it's not com- it's not as complicated, even though it's weird. It is weird. It's like Adam's family type shit. I trust my life in the hands of Gindi Tartakovsky. For she's yes, yeah. Okay, now that we've cleared that up. <laughs> yeah, we got way off track. But we're just talking about the differences. We talked about the ending. Any other things of note, you know, having read the book and now seeing this movie? Are you happy you've seen the movie now? I am. Okay. I am, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the movie is way more concise than the book. I would imagine. Yeah, I yeah. guess it has to be. But yes, way more concise. Yeah. Interesting for me, having read the book and seen the movie, but not having done either in like 20 years. <laughs> Maybe not quite that long, but sure, it's been a long time. Um, but yeah, cool to revisit. I wish they had continued to make the sequels with this cast. They yeah, didn't. I'm bummed. Yeah. I'm bummed. But also it means I don't have to deal with Tom Cruise as Lestat anymore. So yeah, that's but- good. What if it gets worse? How could it get worse? Who could play a worse Lestat? What if it's just like nobody? What if it's just like Danny DeVito? That's the only oh, bad that'd option. Oh, that'd be amazing. It's the only bad option. DeVito, I love him, but no. DeVito Lestat. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I mean, so if you read the other books, uh, maybe we'll watch the other movie. I think there's only one. I think so. Yeah. Before we move on to any other movies... Any highlights from this one? Yes. Yeah. I liked the way they showed the transformation a lot. I thought it was really cool. Like the hair gets all nice and then the eyes and then the teeth and then like the wounds healing. It was creepy and weird and I enjoyed it. I thought they did a great job there. Yeah. For the time period, it w- it's pretty nice. I also thought they did a better job of explaining the time period that we were in. They have this like really simple moment where they're like, and now we're all Americans. And it was like, oh yeah, uh, the purchase of Louisiana doesn't happen until uh, 1800-something. And yeah, that's after Louis becomes a vampire. So they do a really good job of like letting you know what time period we're in. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed that. Okay, just the 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 compass of time. Yes. That they provided for you. Yeah. Cool. Uh low light. Oh 
Probably. Um, if I had to pick just one, the theater, it bugged me. So this theater in the book is so immaculate and wonderful and it has box seats and um, horsehair chairs. I don't know what that means, but it <laughs> sounds expensive. Like it's a very opulent theater and the underground where all the vampires are living is like dark and disgusting and has these like horrific murals all over it and like depictions of the devil and there's skeletons and stuff. It's very scary in the book. I was not awed by the theater and I was not scared by the underneath of the theater. Mm -hmm. So that bugged me. Sets in general really bothered me. Yeah, I don't I don't know how much money they had for this. It doesn't seem like they had a lot. It seems like they had as much as they have for the shadow. Like that's the level of set we're working with. That tracks. They had enough for the stars even though Tom Cruise is arguably the biggest like paid actor in this, right? I don't think Brad Pitt's getting big money at this at this point. I think you're crazy for that one. I feel like by 94. I, when does Fight Club come out? Not 94. No? No. I thought it came out in 92 for some 95, reason. 95, 96. Okay. Maybe 97. Hmm. But. Okay. I, d I think a lot of it went to cast, even though it wouldn't have been a whole lot. I just don't think it, it had a large budget. 60 million. 60 million. It's not a whole lot. No. For a movie in 1994. That's I mean, that's not a small budget film. Obviously, it brings in two hundred twenty million. Yeah, this was a pretty big movie, I think. Big success, yeah. Yeah, word up. What is your highlight? <laughs> oh boy. Okay, it's never good when I just start off laughing. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> a Brad Ham Lincoln. What? The moment where Brad Pitt is like finally fessing up to being a vampire. And he owns all these slaves, and his slaves are calling him out. And he kills uh, Tandy Newton. Mm -hmm. Tandaway Newton. Tandaway Newton. He kills her. She's trying to show sympathy and, like, say she's concerned. And he kills her because he, he finally loses control. He's not eating people or eating people. He's not, uh, <laughs> he's not milking people, which you don't. I, I just saw Ninja Turtles today, guys. Mm. So if you know, you know. He. Then breaks it to everybody. Yeah, I'm the devil. I'm fucking possessed. This house is possessed. Get the fuck out of here. He liberates them. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. He's all about changing the ways. He is a Brad Ham Lincoln in that moment. <laughs> okay. So I'm glad she corrected this, but like in the book, they're solely eating um, the slaves. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Imprisoned people, human trafficked. People and it's awful. I think it was a way to get more to to have you like him more because otherwise you yeah. you could not have liked him at all. So you had to have this moment where he's basically freeing them, and you know. And I think in the book, and he all even of like he swings at him <laughs> with the torch. <laughs> get out of here! <laughs> go on, go. You're free now. It's Terrible. It's so bizarre. I think in the book, they go to the house of Babette, who is not in the film at all. Oh. And they just continue to be enslaved. Oh. 
Yeah. So I, I'm not 100 on that, but I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. Damn. So, uh, yeah, I thought she did a great job of um, fixing that in the screenplay. The screenplay? The screenplay. <laughs> okay. What's your low light? Superman. They put Superman in this fucking movie? Batman, Superman, Spider-Man. Batman, Superman, Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. It's, He's talking about sunsets and shit. Yeah. And they show Spider- or spy, Spider-Man. Now you got me yeah, saying yeah, yeah. all the super, uh, the superheroes. Superman. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, that's, that's one of my notes. Uh, helicopter scene is really dumb. Okay. Allow me to explain. For one, they're not up high. No. <laughs> Why is there a helicopter there? No. At the end of this movie, guys, if you haven't seen it, they're in this run-ass down condemned building. <laughs> run-ass down. And Lestat is just broke as a motherfucker, drained, eating rats, and a helicopter is looking into the building. It, he, and, he's, and he is shying away from it. He's closing his eyes and trying to cover himself. Oh, my God, the light. And Louis has to tell him, oh, it's artificial. But why is there a motherfucking helicopter flying this low? Why don't they see him, mm-hmm. them? Mm-hmm. None of it makes sense. Okay. So in the book, a cop car goes by. <laughs> and That would make sense. Lestat freaks out because he doesn't know what the sirens are. Yeah. And he doesn't like the flashing lights. I love it. Makes that works. way more sense. Why change that? It's a 90s film. We have to have helicopters. You wasted sixty, uh, some of that 60 mil right there. Does True Lies also come out this year? It could. I, I think it, it like does. everything come, comes out in 94. And it feels like everything in 94 had to have a helicopter in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like somebody purchased a helicopter and they were like, yep, we're going to use it in all the films. We should um, maybe research a potential documentary call it the year of the helicopter and <gasps> yeah see how many helicopters per year we can find dude maybe because i know it's be in die hard i know helicopters really start it's hard to, to name a, a movie deal. without a helicopter yeah <laughs> if, especially if it's like a summer movie right from like, like 87 to i don't know even 2005 lots of helicopters i don't know that helicopters have disappeared generally when was the last time you saw a helicopter in a film, though? Tonight? <laughs> I think... I mean, literally just now? Yeah, yeah. But no, I'm thinking recent movies. The only one I can think of is... What was the last movie we watched? I don't know, but I'm thinking of the one in oh, I'm I watched, a Virgo. I saw it in Ninja Turtles. Sure. Oh, okay, there you go. Yep. Helicopters, big Fucking deal. A. Yeah. They're Everywhere. so cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have I learned anything about you? Is that supposed to happen in these... I don't know. I feel like I have because- I didn't really bring this in as like a movie that is significant to my world. I have significant things around this movie. Yeah. Like very significant attachments to the things that drew me to this world. But this world itself is a symptom of that, right? It's not necessarily something I became passionate about. I do enjoy it. And yeah, I read it and watched it. I liked it. I didn't- Love it, like you know. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it since back then. That that tells you something right there. Kind of really does. like watch it religiously back then, even. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Then no, I've I've learned nothing. I think you have. I, I mean, e- I, only because of the the related conversations, you know, about family that have come up lately, and you know, 
That's true. Yeah, yeah I have a better sense of that. Necessarily because of this, unfortunately. No, but I think there's this one part that I found really interesting the book in the book. Um, and they kind of touch on it in the movie a little bit, but it spoke to me as like a, a thing that I assume would also speak to you. Armand is talking to Louis and he's like, uh, how can you love me? And Louis is like, well, I love Lestat and he's a fucking monster. So <laughs> you're easy to love. And I thought that was so beautiful. <laughs> it, it was sad and very depressing, but it was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, yeah, audience, thanks for listening. You can catch us on uh, social media, on Instagram, look what you made me view there, and Gmail. Uh, we also have an email there. I want you to send us any recommendations for any other uh, book, movie combos that you know we haven't covered or you think are significant or are bizarre or interesting for some reason. So yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, you know, we have some more lined up. So yeah, I hope you like this one. Otherwise, we'll check you on the regular episodes as well. Mm-hmm. Having fun every time. Yeah, stay spooky, y'all. Boo! Mm-hmm. Boing, boing.